Welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother on TSN's Overdrive. You can hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well. That would be much appreciated. Today's going to be a special podcast because we are joined by a very special guest TSN's Mark Masters will be joining us in just a moment. We chat about a whole bunch of good topics, um, and we're actually splitting this into two parts. So uh, part one is going to be pretty well uh, World Juniors focused, and that'll be that's that's today's podcast where we talk about, um, you know, the big news that dropped yesterday, the New York Rangers not releasing Alexi Lafreniere to Team Canada for this year's World Juniors and get his thoughts on that, his overall thoughts on the talent of Team Canada. Canada and how they can do this year and he's had a chance to speak to some guys during their quarantine period and how they've been kind of uh, going through their quarantine so we'll get all those conversations with uh, good old Marky Masters also going to chat with him about Nick Robertson and whether or not he believes that the Leafs should be sending Robertson to Team USA for the World Junior Championships and if that would be good for his development or not and we also actually have a pretty unique conversation off the top about how different Different it was covering uh, in the playoffs, like being a beat reporter for a hockey team during the playoffs, during COVID, when they didn't really have access uh, to players. They had no no locker room access, and they only were able to speak to the players that were provided to them by the media or, or by the teams, and just kind of how... Uh, things were different and, and how he had to adapt and how difficult it kind of was or strange rather than difficult it was to adapt in into um, you know doing these virtual scrums as opposed to being physically in front of teams and physically being in the locker room and seeing what's going on and being able to report all that and how different it kind of was. Uh, for him. So it was a really fun conversation and I'm happy to bring it to you. And let's bring him in right now. The man, the myth, the legend, the guy who is the leader of Masters Nation. It's Mark Masters. How are you, pal? It's going great. Yeah, Masters Nation uh, hanging in there during this tough year and uh, growing in strength and numbers. So I, I wanted to start by actually talking about um well i want to start by talking about the world juniors then we'll get into some overall leafs chat and stuff but right off the top i I do got to ask you how different it was trying to cover the leafs and trying to cover sports in general during this pandemic well obviously i mean it's it's so different i mean we're not at the the rink uh for practices and morning skates uh in once they got into the to the bubble um the zooms you know are different so you're you're going to get probably one or two questions at the most maybe three um it's a little sanitized obviously uh i don't think they could they can't see you they can just hear your voice out of the computer so there's not the personal connection of being in a scrum and being just a few feet away from someone so um it's comfortable in one sense because you're not in a scrum and holding a mic and you have all these things bouncing through your mind trying not to you're trying to hold the mic steady and all that. You're just sitting at home, but now you're worried about your Wi-Fi connection and making right. sure that it's uh, stable and that you can unmute yourself on Zoom because you don't want to be that guy who they call upon and they're like, "Hello, hello," and then they're like, "We'll come back to you." Now you want to you want them to know you know what you're doing on Zoom. So it was very different, very different, uh, very different for for me for for 
you know, you have to, you have to change your, what you expect and uh, your, your, what you think you can get out of a media availability. And it's, it's obviously hard because when you're a reporter, you like to report on what you see. And if you can't see practice, yeah. that takes a big chunk out of what you do. And you have to find different ways to, uh, to get information and then be effective. And you really weren't that it's not easy to get one-on-ones either, which is something that, you know, you do a lot with, with TSN. So how did you get around doing that part of your job when it just was near impossible, especially when they got into the bubble media availabilities didn't come around too often. Right. Yeah. I didn't have any one-on-ones when we got into the bubble uh, or uh, before the bubble. Um, You're right. You're, you're, they're rare. Uh, I got a one-on-one with Sheldon Keefe recently because it was the one year anniversary of his, uh, of his taking over the coaching change. And I requested that. And sometimes when uh, there's not a lot of requests, they'll, they'll do one-on-ones instead of a a conference call or something like that. So I got one Toronto sun uh, on that day. So uh, uh, that, that was nice. You you get them every so often, but I, I, as a TV reporter, I'm used to never having one-on-ones because usually there's a scrum. If right. I go in the, back in the olden days when we were in the dressing room and I start a, an on-camera interview, it's very likely that, that it won't be a one-on-one. So I'm not, uh, at least at the very least, I'm not, uh, I'm not having like withdrawal from, from one-on-ones because I don't have a lot of them. I mean, obviously you talk to people, um, but in terms of on-camera interviews, I, I don't really do a lot of one-on-ones. So that wasn't a huge uh, a huge departure for me. Except Babcock. You, your one-on-ones with Babcock were legendary. You guys had yeah. a special bond that uh, the rest of the media, I know for sure, was, was definitely jealous of. I don't know about that, but, uh, you know, <laughs> it's, it's fun during the broadcast, obviously. That's the other thing is uh, I should say that, obviously, when, when it's a TSN broadcast, we are granted one-on-ones. That's what, what you pay the big bucks for, for, for hockey rights for, right? Um, so we would, we would have the ability to do player interviews one-on-one and, uh, and, uh, Babcock interviews. Those were a lot of fun. Yeah. He, that was, that was cool. And I just followed his lead. Uh, I played along with it and, uh, and a lot of people, uh, seemed to enjoy it. So that was a lot of fun. As long as you're following his lead, I think he likes you. So that <laughs> seems to be the consensus there. <laughs> yeah. I got to tell you guys about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. And the new and improved Built Bar is even more delicious. They've got 18 amazing flavors and six brand new flavors that you want to check out. My favorite, cookies and cream. It is fantastic. But they also got caramel brownie, cherry barcia, carrot cake, apple, almond crisp. And that goes along with the other 12 original flavors. And we already know how much I love myself, my peanut butter brownie. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And best of all, the Built Bar is healthy, folks. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy or gal who's looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Let me tell you a little bit about the peanut butter bar. It's got 19 grams of protein, just 180 calories, just 5 grams of sugar, and only 5 grams of net carbs. I'm telling you. These bars are healthy. They're delicious. They're amazing. You just got to go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. And you'll receive 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. Um, let's let's chat about the World Juniors because there was some big news that came out yesterday, especially um, with 
Team Canada being told that Alexi Lafreniere will not be loaned out to them. Uh, the New York Rangers wanting him to stick around and, and train for the upcoming season. Just want to get your overall thoughts on that news and whether or not you think that was the right decision, uh, not only for the Rangers, but for him to not be able to participate in this tournament. Well, I mean, I, I, I see both sides of it for sure. Uh, I get it. The Rangers want him focused on being the you know, being ready for his first NHL camp, being healthy for his first NHL camp, he can still get hurt in training. Uh, We've seen stories of that. Uh, And in terms of the world juniors, he was the MVP, won a gold medal last year. So there's not much for him to accomplish at that level. At the same time, he'd probably be the captain of team Canada this year if he had gone, which would be a different role for him. Uh, And, you know, the bubble is a unique environment obviously that would have given him that experience uh and a chance just to play games having not played since march at a high level uh i think would have been a cool experience for him and maybe helped actually set him up even better for training camp right now we don't know what the the timeline looks like for the nhl so i get it you don't know what the timeline is you just want him focused on on being ready for rangers camp um and uh, for the other, at the, at the same time, I think you could have helped him. So you make a decision. They probably made the safe decision, uh, and I get it. I talked about it on the show yesterday where I, I, I think a big reason why, because Jack Hughes was also not released, uh, Capo Caco, another you know, star, uh, up-and-coming star in the league, not released uh, to Team Finland. And I think a big reason why they weren't, I think it has to do with the fact that there in the States, because you look at Nick Robertson and he most likely is going to go assuming that the NHL season hasn't started, but a reason why maybe the Canadian teams would be okay with allowing their roster players to go would be because, you know, they won't have to cross over the border and do a quarantine post tournament. Whereas players like Jack Hughes, like uh, Alexi Lafreniere, uh, Dylan Cozens is going to have to go through this too. A Buffalo um, will have to do a quarantine after and the teams just don't want them to be pretty much off their feet when they should be getting ready to go for camp. Right, and they're off their feet now, and we don't know uh, what's going to happen moving forward. Uh, it's a tricky situation, um, but we don't know. We just don't know what the NHL timeline is, because, yeah. uh, and we don't know different, uh, different places have different quarantines geography-wise. Uh, I know some places are cutting down the two-week quarantine now. We're learning more about COVID-19, and uh, some 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 places are getting it down some countries to seven to ten days so uh, we continue to learn more about COVID-19 and and how long the quarantines need to be I know there there are rapid tests now happening that allows you know travel to 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 be a little more easy so I haven't heard much about teams not wanting that quarantine is that that being the issue in terms of not letting a player go I think most most, uh, yeah, all the other NHL guys are, are at the camp that would have had a chance of making their teams. You mentioned Cousins is likely probably going to make, have a great chance to make the Sabres. Kirby so, Doc, another one. Kirby Doc, uh, uh, Kirby Doc wanted to go. I mean, he wasn't even in juniors last year. And he reached out and as soon as it was him, him driving the bus on that, uh, at least that's why I'm told is that it was his, once, once he found out that they were going to go ahead with the World Juniors, he wanted to be there. So he reached out to his agent and his manager and said, let's, let's get the ball rolling. And the Blackhawks were, were happy to allow him to do that. So, um, so I don't see that as a big roadblock. Uh, like for the Rangers, I think it was more just they wanted Lafreniere focused and ready for his first NHL camp. He's the first overall pick. There's a lot of pressure. 
the Rangers are a team that we know can, can be in the playoffs and they, you know, it's going to be a shortened season. They just want them ready. Yeah. What are some of the big storylines going into camp this year? Obviously there's the quarantine that's going on right now between team Canada. Uh, you've been able to speak to some of the players during this quarantine, kind of figure out what they've been up to, how they've been able to stay fresh and stay sharp. So what have they been up to over the last week or so since they've gone into quarantine? Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, they've, they've found different ways to, uh, to stay busy, I guess, as much as they can. Certainly a lot of Xbox, a lot of Netflix, a lot of Amazon, <laughs> a lot of crave. Um, a lot did of I that. See, did I say that they were doing workouts from their, their bedrooms? Well, they can't leave their hotel rooms for two weeks. So they, they've gotten, they've sent them, they've all gotten stationary bikes in their rooms, spin bikes, and they're able to do workouts through that. They have a Zoom workout every morning at, I believe it's at 10 a.m. Uh, mountain time. They do a workout and they have yoga they're doing. They've had guest speakers come in, uh, Morgan Riley, uh, Alex Kerfoot, uh, Sam Reinhardt just addressed the group. Um, they had a couple of members of Canada's women's national team, Stephanie LaBay, Kadisha Buchanan spoke a couple of days ago, Max Kerman, uh, you know, front man of the Arkells and notable Kyle Dubas mentor on the mentors trip, uh, played them a few songs and gave them a talk. So, and they've, of course they've, they've talked about the team and, and, and the big themes and, and, and trying to make the most out of this, this 14 days that they're forced to be off the ice, which of course is not easy. Um, so that's, that's really what they've been doing they, to keep busy. They did a rock, paper, scissors tournament. That's still ongoing. <laughs> Excited to see how that turns out. And, uh, and yeah, and I guess it was controversial because the, the Wi-Fi isn't great in the hotel in Red Deer and some guys were playing the lag, you know, pretending they were a second behind just so they could get that little extra second, maybe see what their opponent was, was throwing up there. So um, they're having fun. They're finding ways to bond as a team and, and trying to and push the football forward, even though they're, they're stuck in the mud a bit. doesn't matter what it is. Athletes are just super competitive, whether it's on the ice or you're just playing a fun game of rock, paper, scissors. You will always do whatever you can do to get the competitive edge. Um, one of the weird things, though, that, that I find about this whole quarantine is the fact that it happened in the middle of camp, which means there are some guys that have to go through this and on the other end are basically just going to be sent home. Um, what what's the date that we should be expecting them to make the roster cuts and who are some of the guys who are kind of teetering on the line of making the team and not making the team here? Yeah. I mean, that's hard to say. Um, there's 46 players at camp. Uh, they were going to cut 12 to 16 guys after the, after the third scrimmage that got canceled because of this quarantine, which was going to be on, on the Tuesday. So we're, we're, you know, coming out of this, uh, out of this quarantine, I would imagine they have to get down to one group to practice with. I would think that that would be their, their ideal scenario. And we're going to probably see the, you know, the camp go down to around 30 players from 46. And so then they'll, they'll really drill in for, for the one week before they get to go into the bubble on the final spots. And then when they go into the bubble, they can bring 40 people. And the plan is to bring the 25 man roster and then the 15 staff members. Um, they can, change that and bring extra guys. If they want to continue the evaluation process, they could bring 28, turn it into 28 and 12 and keep the evaluation process going. Not ideal. Um, they want to get down to their number. Uh, I was hearing Craig button on uh, talking about how he feels there's 19 locks among the 22 skaters. Um, and I'm looking at it and, and that looks, that looks pretty notable. So um, 
we'll, we'll, we'll see where the final roster kind of battles break down towards. The goaltending is obviously very interesting. Five guys for three spots. None of them really considered the front runner. So that still has to shake out. We've only had, you know, Devin Levi was in the NCAA group that wasn't in either of the scrimmages. So he hasn't even really been with the group or played a game. So how do you evaluate him? So it'll be very interesting moving forward, how they, how they, they shake it out. But I would expect after this quarantine ends next week, um, we're going to see a lot of cuts and down to kind of the last few uh, guys in the battles for those last few spots. In conversation with Mark Masters, um, the Maple Leafs have a few prospects that are going to be representing them, uh, representing their countries in the World Juniors this year. Most notably, I would say Nick Robertson uh, of uh, USA is going to be out there. There's some controversy because yesterday, I think Darren Dreger came out on Insider Trading and said, if the, if the league starts up by early January, then the Leafs may not send Robertson. Um, I, I'm of the belief that Robertson is probably not a lock to make the Maple Leafs team. And if that's the case, he may be better off regardless if the league is starting up or not going and participating in this tournament. Is that something that you would subscribe to or are, are you kind of with, you know, the Leafs organization where you think holding him back would be beneficial for the team? Well, I don't think, I think this is all going to end up being moot because I don't really think the NHL is going to start January 1st. Um, and I guess in theory, if you're looking, okay, okay, if they came out and be like, we're starting the season on January 15th and training camp starts on the 1st and, or right after Christmas, you wouldn't want Robertson to miss the start of training camp because that puts him behind with the Leafs. So I get it. Listen, he was good enough to make the bubble roster. Uh, the team thinks it's deeper now. They brought in some guys, veteran guys up front. Uh, it will be tough for him to make the team, but he'll still have a, have a real chance. He's had a good offseason. Uh, he's young. These young guys tend to really mature uh, by a lot when they're younger instead of more incrementally when they get older. So I can understand why the Leafs would want him in camp because he can win a spot and that should be his number one philosophy. And he's based on his numbers in the OHL last year. He really seems like he's maxed out of the junior level. I would say, and, and, and I think it will be moot because I don't think the NHL is going to have a timeline in place um, by the time they have to make a decision. And then I think um, you would send him, you would send him to Edmonton and, and let him be a star player on the an American team that lost in the quarterfinals disappointingly last year. And he'll be a, a big leader for them. And, uh, have a chance to really build some 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 real big confidence and momentum heading into the season. So uh, ultimately, I think there will, the decision won't be a tough one for them because I don't think the league is starting soon. I, we'll see. I'm not plugged in. I'm not a you know. I don't you know. I'll, I'll lean on Dregs and <laughs> and Pierre LeBrun for for that and Frank Saravalli. But uh, um, but yeah, I, I just think it's it's a no brainer and that Robertson will be at the World Juniors and it will be good for him and uh, he'll be one of the best players on Team USA. Isn't it weird that you couldn't say Bob McKenzie? Well, Bob McKenzie will be insiding <laughs> around the world juniors. He will yeah, be. Semi-retirement. It is weird to, to, to not, uh, you know. Have him be the first Bob name is... out of your mouth when you're talking yeah. about the, the insiders. Yeah, I mean, he, is, he invented it, so it is weird. Um, and I will look forward to because he's still doing the world juniors, and he'll be real plugged in on that. So uh, I'd have to say it's been a real pleasure for me uh, to work with him uh, at the world juniors uh, over the last few years. Um, to just kind of be on, be close to him because he'll be at the, he'll, he's usually on the road for the selection camp and uh, see how he operates to at least a little bit of a degree. Just talk to him, pick his brain. So it's been a real highlight for me to to you know work on the World Juniors is is, is great to begin with, but to spend some time around Bob the last few years has been has been really special too. 
All right, guys, that's going to do it for part one of this interview. And if you enjoyed it, definitely, definitely get ready for part two, which will be dropping Monday morning. So Monday morning, part two, and that's Full Leafs Talk with Mark Masters. Rumor has it there may even be a little bit of Leafs trivia I cannot confirm nor deny, but, uh, you know, Mark Masters, he needs a little bit of, of practice. So I thought, what's a better stage than to practice here on, on, on the Locked On Lease podcast? You know, he can't just show up to overdrive all the time and lay an egg like he does when he's facing off against Team Test. Uh, so we'll we'll give him some reps, and we'll we'll give him a little bit of a training camp, get himself situated, uh, so that next time he does represent himself on Overdrive for trivia, he'll be ready to go. So maybe a little bit of Maple Leafs trivia too in part two. Uh, so definitely keep your eye out for that one on Monday. It'll be a great one, Mark. Uh, I'd like to thank you so much for joining me on this podcast, and we'll see you again on Monday, uh, but that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. You can follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked On Leafs and follow Mark at Mark H Masters on Twitter. If you want some more hockey talk, be sure to check out the Locked On NHL podcast with myself and four other Locked On hosts. Discuss the latest around the NHL uh, tomorrow, actually. Myself and Bird Bouchard will be uh, putting out our monthly hockey card investing special. So the December episode will be dropping tomorrow. So definitely, if you're interested in that, uh, go and head to Locked On NHL Podcast. Hit subscribe and check that uh, episode out. It's it's going to be good because Series 1 just dropped, and there's a lot, a lot to talk about. I'll be doing that this weekend. Uh, I'll be back with another episode of Locked On Leafs, though, on Monday. Once again, Part 2 of this interview with Mark Masters. It'll be full Leafs talk. Uh, so until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.